fingers to the bone I never get to go home This is my ever-wanted life Manifest destiny I work my fingers to the bone I never get to go home This is my ever-wanted life Manifest destiny Damn, I destroyed myself But you contributed I destroyed myself But you helped I destroyed myself Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Grissom with More Bands Media and the Local Earshot Podcast. Uh, today, we are here with uh, Wilson is in the house, so he's just hanging out. What's up? Uh, yeah. And uh, Gentry Counts. Uh, how you doing today? Great. I just noticed you have Scott Miles singing on there. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. his I, original um, I, song. I owe him a lot of royalties. <laughs> uh, no, he, he said I could use his music for the podcast. Uh, we've been using his song for That's a really good recording. I have not heard that recording. That sounds yeah, like he has great. He has like three other songs that are recorded. Really, really good. Uh, really good. Yeah, nice. uh, Scott, That's Scott's a good awesome, song. dude. That's a really awesome good song. Awesome dude. Great music. So. And he does a lot of the open mics, so he gets a lot of eyes on a lot of different people mm-hmm. because he does all that. Yes, so. yes. Um, let me see. So, um, just kind of starting now. Are are you a uh, Oklahoma native? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but I also grew up in here. Nashville too. Okay. And then I was on the road with my sisters a lot, so I got to do a lot of traveling young. Okay. But I went to the seventh grade here. That's when I went to Nashville. Okay, and you were there for how long? I was there probably about 15 years. About 15 years. So you've yeah. been all around the music scene yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. And, and I also lived in California and also Austin, Texas, but I decided to move back to Oklahoma, move back home. Oh, yeah. No, well, I mean, it, it's one of those places that has the ability to bring you back here so for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. It well, did the same thing to me, and I think it did the same thing to him. And It's a lot, black a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my uncle, he is a local musician, too, and... I just thought I want to be like my uncle Buck. I I do have an uncle Buck. Mm. So usually, but, yes, usually Goucher. the story uh, goes like the reverse is what we always hear. Is that uh, a lot of times in Oklahoma, you know, there's a lot of talent here and a lot of good artists, but then they they get kind of annoyed with the scene and, and not growing, and then they're like playing these like smaller gigs and stuff. So they just they just pack up and leave, and they go to places like Nashville or California or Austin because yeah. they're trying to grow and become bigger. Yeah, my sisters were a duet, and so I was always in their shadow, and I got to go on the road with them. They got to do, open for George Jones, Glenn Campbell, um, Jose Feliciano, um, Confederate Railroad. There's a lot of really fun things that they got to do. They got to go to the Panama Canal and sing for the troops, mm-hmm. and uh, when they gave back the – Pan, the canal back to the Panamanians but it was they you know growing up in that scene I was a musician before I moved to Nashville and I played violin and so I ended up picking up the guitar and then everybody told me it's all about songwriting and mm-hmm. Nashville and then I put a band together there when I was about 19 and then I decided I'm going to be my own artist and have my sister sing back up for me <laughs> but yeah I just decided to be an artist and then when I realized that I want to be like my uncle and I was like you know I think I could be an artist like my uncle Buck and then, so I moved back to Oklahoma and started just wanting to be a local musician awesome so uh about how many years have you been like uh like because I think this album that you showed me it's like says 2018 on that yeah one. How many, like uh, recording when you started I re- outside of it I, re- I wrote those songs when I was a teenager I would think I was about 15 um, Good Girl Feeling Bad is actually one of the first songs that I had written. 
And when we listen to it, every time that I listen to my own music and listen to that recording, I always think about the first time I heard a band record my songs and to hear the dynamic of what I had had in my head for so long. And so that was just a magical moment. And I was just hooked from that moment on. And so I decided I wanted to just continue to create something that made me that happy, you know, that filled that good. So I just continued to songwrite and I was just addicted. Do you, uh, do you just stick to, um, cause I, I, I think he was saying it was like a kind of a country rock style or do you like do other styles? Of music um, or? I want to do a lot more, you okay. know, I want to grow into, I mean, when I listen to the radio, I just listen to, you know, probably heavier stuff, even rap. And I'm just like, you know, just listening to, or maybe may, mainly like the old school kind of rap, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes when I hear stuff and the soul and stuff, but I try to tra- stay true to my voice, you know, and what I can pull off. Um, so it, it is fun to get up. Some people think I'm just like a little like coffee shop singer, but when they see me with a band or if I get up and do an open mic and or an open jam, people get to really see how diverse I can be. Um, I think I have a pretty good range. I can see I'm an alto, but I can belt pretty hard too. So I feel like as long as I'm in pitch, (laughs) I'm good. And I just like to also work with other musicians and and be able to see if I can uh, lead them. And so I'll, you know, that's the reason why I really wanted to learn how to play guitar is so I could lead a band and lead other musicians Mm -hmm. and get up in, in any situation and, do you, do you have like a set band members that you work with or are you uh, not like- really um it just depends on what the money's like and who mm-hmm. i can afford and who's available so a lot of hired guns basically yeah and um that's why it's fun to host open mics and or, or even just go to them and then support the scene and be able to not only introduce myself but get to know who all these other amazing people are like scott miles and mm-hmm. stuff so yeah, um, yeah. I know on our show we uh, we follow a lot. Uh, Nikki Jackson, uh, which you might know, I don't know, um, and then mm-hmm. um, Megan Marlene, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that, that's kind of the some of the artists that we've had on. Uh, they, and girls, you know, have yeah. these, a lot of there's a lot of female um, musicians out there, and that's also fun to to get to see these other girls playing and um, you know collaborating with other people and stuff and. Yeah, I know uh, uh, Brad Biggs that does uh, Thirteen Step Stone Solutions. He's uh, he's working with uh, Nikki Jackson to possibly put on a show uh, that's uh, that's mostly um, driven uh, female vocalists and singer songwriters, uh, and then also ones with bands. Um, and so it's just supposed to be like an event that's dedicated to actually um, showing the music of Oklahoma that's coming from our female side because because like a lot of times. Um, our our industry is kind of male dominated in a lot of ways out here, I guess, and so they they want to kind of show that that mm-hmm. you know that there is there is another side of it, and and I mean and it makes sense because I mean you know Leanne Rhymes was it Leanne Rhymes or and, and then uh, like a uh, Reba McIntyre and like all these other famous people they all came from Oklahoma, so um, you know a lot of a lot of the female vocalists and stuff uh, they uh, and Carrie Underwood Carrie Underwood yeah. So I mean, uh, like it's uh, definitely one of those things that in this state we have a big scene for for uh, music, especially in in like your your singer songwriter acoustic artist. Um, do you do you primarily play acoustic shows, or do you like, or do you do like electric or? 
Um, I mainly do play acoustic rhythm guitar. Um, uh, that seems to be something I can really lead people with. I can really show them what I'm doing, um, as well as knowing what I'm doing. Um, but I will pick up an electric guitar, but I, I just don't really like to play rhythm on a, an electric. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if the band wants me to do that, you know, that's fine. I can do that. I do that. I, I want to practice more. I want to get to where I can be like a one man band, like Hosty, you know, mm-hmm. he just has like all, all of his equipment with him and he has these loops and, and then he li- layers live and all these things. And so those are things that I would, those are learning curves that it would be so fun for me to, to actually do. Um, but I think that I'm most comfortable just me and my guitar, but when I, when the money's there or if they want a band, then I can provide that. Usually it's easier for me to work with a trio, um, than it is with a full on band. Um, and so if it is like full on band, then I'd like to get a couple of rehearsals in and try to guide them a little bit better. But also just, that's why doing open mics, open jams, being able to see, can I lead these guys? Can they, can they understand me? Can they figure, you know, mm-hmm. am I being a good leader up here? And, and having that confidence, um, is definitely something I think I've, I've mastered a little bit. I've, that's mostly what I've probably been working on the, when I do perform locally or get out there and support others is, can I hang with these guys? You know, can I be able to, to hold my own up mm-hmm. here? And I think that's the kind of the training that I had gotten from Nashville from what is when I learned, I was learning from band members of my sisters. And so they were willing to teach me. And so I just kind of think these are just like my buddies that I used to jam with in Tennessee. You know, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. But so many of them are jealous of you, Gentry. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so um uh, so what uh venues um do you primarily or uh, play or that you have played or uh, that you like to play um i just play the casinos and the uh clubs and um i try to play like more fairs and things like that um Anytime there's a festival, I try to be a part of, but really anything that I can get my hands on, I I will perform at a restaurant, a coffee shop, uh, uh, mainly bars. It seems like, um, but even sometimes I will go to my local cafe and say, "Can I play here on Sundays and make some tips?" And I can make a pretty good, decent, you know. Uh, amount mainly because of the support that people uh that they give the that people that do support local live music and i i don't want to always be performing because i am getting paid to do it i had for the first year that i got out in in oklahoma and started to perform i played anywhere that would have me and i didn't care if i got paid and i tried to my goal was to sing every day that year somewhere so 365 days that year, I went out and found somewhere that I could play. Or if I couldn't, then I would ask somewhere local or I would st- even street musician or something. But I made sure that I was getting out there and I did a lot of free work. Um, and that second year, I was like, okay, I'm only going to play the places that pay me. Mm-hmm. And then I 
decided now I'm only going to, now that I'm pregnant, (laughs) I'm, my time's more valuable. And I'm like, I'm only going to play for what I ask. And so I just, you know, kind of weigh my, my options sometimes, but really at first, um, I was like anywhere and everywhere that would have me because I wanted, but then when, you know, COVID happened and all those things, I still was trying to get out there and perform, um, mainly because there's a lot of people that were canceling and there was just, I was just like, yeah, let's just, the show must go on. Um, but I was not afraid of COVID. <laughs> I was getting out there and was, um, I don't think we really I was kind of either. I, and I don't want to, I don't well, want to offend anybody, but I just, you know, feel like I wasn't going to let anything get in the way of, of music and art. You figured that the, mu- the, the risk of actually performing versus the risk that, was out there is about the same, you know, like, I mean, it's gonna, yeah. it, 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 like the way, the way that I looked at it was, um, you know, not the most popular way to look at it, but I, I worked in, um, I, I, I was a security guard, uh, during that time frame, And, uh, whenever we started the show and, uh, and I used to watch empty properties, but one of the jobs that I was doing was mask enforcement at, uh, Sam's club. And so I looked at it as I was being exposed to it every single day. And if it was going to happen, I was going to get sick, which I, I did, you know, uh, like, um, but that was after I was vaccinated. So I don't know, but I, but I got sick, um, once. And then after that, never, never got sick again. Um, but that, that whole time frame, we were, we were doing the show and, and we were thinking, we we're like, well, you know, maybe like these artists won't want to come into a studio and do a recording because the problem was all the all the venues shut down so then we were just like well what are we gonna do and, yeah, there's uh, a, there's and so we always something to be done <laughs> you yeah know? i was like yeah i think i did go into the studio and do some recording mm-hmm. which is, and like, that's what a lot of people some... did and so we we kind of did the opposite where we just started reaching out to artists and we we're like hey you uh you want to come hang out and just like play us some music and just just chill and talk about music and a lot of artists were really open to it and it, it just it blew my mind because you know all these people were saying that all these people were afraid of covid but all these music artists it's like it's like honestly if you've been exposed to some of these microphones inside a venue you can handle covid you know like those <laughs> microphones are disgusting so i mean you know uh but but i mean that, that's that, that's that was my whole thing was that uh, that like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, you know? And, and so it was, it was just get out there and just do your thing. But then a lot of venues, when they started to open back up, they would have like their, their Rocky things. I think even, even uh, will um, Wilson over here went over to a, a venue and I think he got COVID because he went to the venue that <laughs> night. Right. That one story that you, yeah, like, I, I went to the deli in Norman to see Alex Reardon when he was playing. Cause I hadn't seen him before. Uh, for biscuits and groovy i don't know if that's still the the band that he's with right now uh but yeah we just all went around shaking hands nobody really nobody even thought about the fact that (laughs) that you know wear a mask or anything like that really nope yeah no i asked the guy at the door he's like yeah it's fine (laughs) yeah and we we used to go to this uh little bar uh called triples and it was one of the only bars open in oklahoma city and so like me and like uh, my my roommate now now uh, and like in our friends, we would like just go over to this this little bar, but it was a country bar, and so like it, you know, and you know, and so it was it was it was fun. It was uh, definitely not not the scene that I normally hang out in, but I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, it's at least I can get a drink, you know, and enjoy myself <laughs> and stuff. And then, and then the like first time I actually like 
hung out in a bar though was uh when they first started opening things was a bar restaurant was uh was a uh henry hudson's because i because you know you could finally actually like have a burger and just have a drink and stuff when they finally allowed all that <laughs> stuff to open up so that was one of the very first places i went to to eat because i was like i was like oh i can sit down and eat and have a beer and actually relax and everything i think when um, they put everybody in the, the first lockdown my band and i were like let's get together and jam <laughs> and we went live on facebook and i think we upset a lot of people and they were just like what are you doing and you know, no, you know, you know i think they, one guy had a mask on but um we just wanted to get work done and we just felt like we all have time now let's get together and let's make this music happen so. well and if you're gonna and we, nobody got sick at all. no and when if you're gonna be around those people all the time and stuff that's what you tell people if they ask you and they're like you know if, if it ever happens again knock on wood whatever any object can hear this wood because like i don't you know i don't want to go through another pandemic uh but but if it ever happens again, like, you know, I don't think most people are going to lock down the same way. But but on top of it, it's like all the people that actually hung out with each other on a regular basis anyway, they were all like, well, like, what are we – how are we going to practice? And some bands, they separated and they just like – they, you know, they were playing online through these apps and they were just like working together online. Whereas, whereas then that artist like what you're talking about, like what you guys did was just like just – say screw it let's let's meet up and just do the show and if somebody gets sick well then you know it then we'll just work through it and then and then yeah, keep on going because i mean because that's that, that's really the only way that you can i mean uh like uh, a lot of movies were still making were our films were still working during the pandemic they just had to figure it out they had to do all the tests and all the checks on everybody when they came in the room make sure they weren't running in temperature or anything and mm-hmm. so then they were like okay we're good and then they just start playing music or you know doing film and so i mean and that's that's the that's the only way i look at the pandemic when it comes to entertainment was that and a lot of artists did the live thing a lot of artists they did the individual thing a lot of uh, famous people did it i mean to snl you know they they made a ton of ton of shows where they were working from home so they were literally (laughs) doing skit work yeah like what tiktok or whatever i think they even had an episode of snl where it was straight up tiktok like it opened up mm-hmm. on the episode screen and it looked like a tiktok screen on your tv <laughs> and you were just watching tiktok videos for like an hour and it was just their skits and it was and but even then they were getting together if you pay attention like they were in the same room together and it's because they they work together so it's like like what are they going to do you know yeah. they, they don't like that the risk and there is, were still some p- companies that were still having their employees you know all work together um but I mean, I, I remember my boyfriend. I mean, he was just always uh, working, never stopped, just uh, continued to work. Um, but, you know, that's the oil field. I don't know why that was different from everybody else, but I was, like, really yeah, surprised you know, that he was the only one that did not have to not work from home. Yeah, the one that I was really surprised about was construction workers. Like, construction workers don't get close to each other. When they're working, yeah. Yet they shut down every single road project in the one time frame where the roads were totally empty across the entire country. They could have rebuilt every highway in America over the pandemic, and in that three years, we would have like the most glorious highways in the world. <laughs> but instead, they shut down every project 
by the Department of Transportation, and it's like, <laughs> what were you thinking? These people don't even get six feet in, in near each other half the time. Like they're they're literally working on equipment away from each other, you know, the whole time. So I yeah. don't know, but um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, when I, so after the pandemic, did you uh, you just started like playing gigs again and just started? I actually felt like I was playing even during. I mean, I was. I got asked to play private parties, um, events, and uh, I was filling in for venues that would still continue to stay open. Uh, I I do remember uh, JJ's Alley asking me to perform for them um, during the pandemic. Um, So I, um, I just felt like I was, it was probably got more work almost even during the pandemic, but um, it was slowing down for me before the pandemic and then it picked back up during and then and then I just kept going and then I started working for Box Talent again um after the pandemic like a year after when I realized that they were booking again mm-hmm. um but I I would but that's the reason why cuz I was the o- one of the only ones that would get out and play and perform and agree to you know do it anyway <laughs> and um just kind of changing up a little bit uh going to the actual like album side so then we can fade into like you know actually playing some music <laughs> yeah just like vibrations uh okay um <laughs> well real quick i, I want to say like one of the things that i admire about you guys in particular is that you have a very like show must go on kind of mentality when it comes to actually like because I have been on a few other podcasts before I've started a couple with my friends and it's just like some of them led to nowhere either because of drama or because of scheduling conflicts or, you know, something like that. So the fact that you guys, you know, because the show did continue on even with COVID on for yeah. both of you. And it's really crazy how so many people give up so easy or they just see it as something so problematic when in reality, that's the whole point of like, performing or putting something together is that you just keep doing it mm-hmm. yeah and i think a lot of people you know kind of give up a little bit too easily and i don't mean to say that for like anybody in oklahoma in particular i know that like if you want to find you know people who want to be more serious about it you go to places like nashville or you go to places like austin uh, but this is like one of the few podcasts that has actually continued you know despite an actual you know possibly world ending kind of thing yeah well and i mean and a big part of it too had to do with that I'm not like personally I don't look at it as I'm not held to um myself in this. I'm not I'm not, you know, like like this isn't like the you know like we talked about the last episode I think that you were on with me like um cuz I did one in between that's coming out this week uh that like I'm held to the artist and I owe it to them and it's not it's yeah. not it's not about like you know it's like like i could have um even even whenever the stuff happened um you know recently i i could have shut it all down i could have said hey hey everybody like i'm gonna shut down the groups all this kind of stuff but like the amount of even the small growth that we've seen i mean my my post reached three thousand people a week you know if that means that i share a flyer to a show and even you know, three people show up, 10%, you know, like, you know, or 30, you know, I guess 10%, that 33,000 people, whatever, it'd be a probably higher, like 30 people. But, you know, but I mean, as long as a percentage of those people show up to a show, even one, that's one more fan. That's one more 
person coming into that show for that artist and actually like pro, you know promoting them and helping them and and getting them to where they need to be because like I I think um, there's there's groups online that a lot of people need to know about and I'll mention it again because I mentioned it on the last episodes that there's a group called Band Together and it's kind of a neon looking logo on their on their thing on Facebook they have these posts and they're called harvesting post and the idea behind it is that Facebook does not allow you to they they want you to pay to play they want you to sponsor they want you to do these things so then whenever you're scrolling you'll see sponsored by and then you'll see a post and you'll see meme posts or you'll see shit posters you'll see whatever but a lot of times you'll see music artists and it's because they're paying for people to see their stuff because because if you've ever checked your your numbers it's like oh five people saw your post yet you'll do a stupid post with a meme and suddenly it'll say you know 150 people of your group saw your post Mm -hmm. people are using tactics now and i think facebook are going to start banning those tactics because of it they did the same thing to podcasting whenever we whenever we were doing the podcast and, and facebook about a year in decided to allow podcasting on their platform we uploaded our show right away we were like we're like oh i'll add the feed to it so i did it and we were getting on those episodes we went from less than 150 people at the time listening to the show every week to over 3,000 people over a course of three months Mm -hmm. and it was like the numbers just shot up out of nowhere and it and it was like it was high numbers every single week and it was because facebook is where people are at and so it was putting it in front of them and uh and then facebook decided that the infrastructure was too hard for podcasting for them to get in the game so they just cut their feed didn't tell any of the podcasters just cut Mm -hmm. their feed and dropped it and then suddenly our numbers went right back down and we had to grow from there and up there and even then you know our actual listening base is only in the hundreds even three years later yet our our reach is in the thousands so i I wonder why some artists are are big because i sit there and think you know, if they would put a local artist like in Oklahoma, somebody up and just put it out there, it would, they would be just as successful and just as popular if they had those same exposure as, mm-hmm. as these people. And it is, I, I believe all money and it's, Oh, and, and they, they and some say people it about are some like, artists. Oh yeah. It's because her songwriting and because she's, you know, a female songwriter is like, okay, but <laughs> yeah, but those pop so songs is, have a lot of ghost So is so. Uh, Dolly Parton, and so is uh, you know all these um, you know Amy Winehouse. But they're not really getting the same like oh she's a songwriter, you know, it's type of thing. So it's just I don't know. I just think it's just it is all exposure, and that's the reason why I will perform anywhere and everywhere and do it for free. And uh, and I, I probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, probably should. Is that that kind of hurts everybody when when we're playing for pennies and when, when we should up our numbers and say no we we're worth a hundred an hour or I I believe more but um, but at least you know a hundred an hour would be really nice um, but it's it, it is um, being good you got to be good and and when you have it, I, when I see all these other artists that are these amazing artists and I I, I tell them. Oh, I enjoyed your set, and they're like, "Oh, this is how, isn't really what we do." And I'm like, "Oh, I know what you do. I know how big, how big, and how good that some of these people can be, you know." But they're kind of have to cater to the audience and cater to their venue um, instead of really do what all that they can do. And 
Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it would be so amazing to see where some of our local people could be if they had the same exposure and the same money behind them, mm-hmm. same and, backers. And some artists here, some people say that they have people behind them, and and I've seen them work and like you know, and they they do it, but like they do it a lot of it they do themselves, but um, but yeah. I mean, but they have they have support, they have family members, they have people with skills that believe in them Mm -hmm. and so like and that's the thing is that like there's a band uh like before that that plays you know the diamond ballroom plays big venues being playing big shows Mm -hmm. and all these people are like well obviously they they have you know they're behind them no one of their one of their artists or one of their of their members is a abstract artist Mm -hmm. so he takes the money from his art to pay for it he, like there's another uh, another and sometimes artist. you have to do those things that you don't want to do and one, one of the things for example for myself is that i don't have a tiktok and i don't really try to boost those numbers up mm-hmm. and that would extremely help me to even branch out out of oklahoma and be able to perform and out, out of state or to travel or to make a mini tour and those things are are holding me back but it's um it, again, it's like, am I really um, have enough material for that? Do I, you know, and all those things, but those things grow itself because of, of the exposure that TikTok has. And it's like, not really just the money behind you, but selling your soul and having yes. to do shit like that. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Is that like, uh, like these, so there's, there's these harvesting accounts. And what they do is that they create a page and then they have a comment section and they'll say a post something like what I wrote, which is, it takes a village to promote local music. Drop your links, link, share, and follow, right? And then suddenly I have hundreds of artists loading these comments with their 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 um, Spotify links, with their follows, their pages. And I'm going through and I'm just like clicking and clicking and clicking to every single one of them to follow them because the rule is of the group is that you follow back. And that's how you grow organically. Mm-hmm. That's how you have to now, right? Like you have to do these like things. But the problem is it's tedious. It's long. And you sit there for hours doing it. Like you're just sitting there like there. So when my when my downtime is literally spent on my phone sitting there going through mm-hmm. these posts and just doing this stuff all and day long. And time is money. And that's and, you know, another form of, of money of having the – resources to do that yep. and that's and if I had the money i could pay somebody to do have, that for me yeah, have, yeah. i could literally pay not, a, an assistant to sit there and do that for me all day like, yeah hey, i mean even this links. setup right now Jamie, the sound Jamie, the audio up, right? the lighting <laughs> having to do every t- tedious little thing just for this podcast um when i set up for a show and i have to do my sound check and i have to run my own sound and i have to make sure my guitar is tuned and that you know, and I, if I have good lighting and all those things, and uh, it's it's it just takes a, a village, and when you have to wear all these hats yourself, and you're forget, and I'm forgetting about, and I really need to practice. I really want to grow as a musician and as a songwriter, and um, so instead of it just being business all the time. Yep. And that and that's the that's the hardest part um, that I've noticed because I mean there's a lot of tools out there that can can do a lot of your social stuff together, but I am noticing because even with the getting into video and stuff that I'm trying to do right now is that there's a lot of that goes into all this and and a lot of times when you see all these people online, they say just like all these famous people and stuff they'll say just grab your phone and start recording, and I get that. That's one way. I don't do like it. it when other people but, record my show live. Yeah. It's like, could you? Yeah. Uh, 
because because it, that that's that's the no, slight issue. There's there's it's a double sided sword because it's free publicity. <laughs> yeah. But then if they mark you and they actually do those things, but the problem is, is that half the time, if if I try to go Facebook Live with this podcast and I start playing your music, there's a possibility that that you have you know you you probably have copyrights and stuff on your music because you should, um, and and it's going to block me. It's going to block that noise, but it's so stupid because on Facebook I could put I don't own the rights to the music playing, and then magically it will just start playing in the background for Facebook. So th- there's a lot of loopholes that people don't know about. Uh, at everyone is one that I tried recently, and I literally put in the comments when I put at everyone in the comments, I put I know people don't like this, but it's the only way I can get you guys to see it. And 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 so I put at everyone, and then that post hit, and more people listened to the episodes. You know, it's it's a matter of like playing the game, but like um, like these artists, like like before, they they're out here making you know stupid videos. They they'll make a video about them making fun of themselves. Uh, the rappers, um, the the Steve Prophets, they do the same thing. They make these funny little videos, mm-hmm. and these videos are getting big on TikTok and. You know, yeah, you know, uh, YouTube and all these different platforms. YouTube Shorts is now a thing, um, and so they'll they'll get really popular, and then and then they'll go, oh, they also make music, and then suddenly they'll go to their page and they'll start listening to their music, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like I don't know how to navigate all of the music industry now, and and that's kind of why like I decided recently to go back to school because I'm like I I, I want to be around the modern day music industry people the kids that are getting into it and the teachers that are teaching it that actually explain what mm-hmm. the industry is like now because yeah. it, and it's because always it, changing it's, it's so geared. it's always growing yeah and it's always geared evolving. so about social media i mean yeah. it's all about there's social. always something new that i'm just like i gotta do that too like can i just promote my flyer on facebook <laughs> yeah and that, <laughs> but and that, i'm an old lady when it comes to uh any type of technology and i just figured out i'd do a mix on my own pa so it's just like how do we keep up with it i mean how can i you know just keep up with it and i think well i'll just let the technology advance and then i'll then i'll get into it but then when it's constantly growing it's like okay i'm really behind i really need to Mm -hmm. really get on this and make it a priority um but right now i feel like I want to be better musician. And when I see these artists that sometimes they have all this equipment and they have everything it takes, but I'm like, they're just slightly off pitch. And I'm just like, man, if they had a vocal coach, they could really, or maybe they are on pitch, but their tone is weird. And I, I I probably should be a, a vocal coach or something, but I just, you know, I see certain things that it's like, oh, these people are so close to to being real entertainers. And I know I'm not trying to be like I'm this judgmental person, but I I really want to see I know what people are capable of. I know. But then I look at myself and I'm like, I'm really lacking in the this area. And so it's, you know, those balances that I would like to to iron out right now is. Am I still being an artist and still being a businesswoman? And um, that's those are just work <laughs> and time and money. It's a lot of work. And I think like one of the things that I really encourage, I was talking to a buddy of mine a while back. His name was Alex. And I was t- he was asking me like, hey, man, do you think if somebody has like an inkling or like some kind of knack for something when it comes to performing. Cause he was talking about getting into acoustic guitar 
And I said, honestly, man, it's like, it's not just an honor or a privilege or anything. It's more like a obligation to yourself to pursue these kind of creative venues. Like a lot of people don't get into things because they think, oh, well, I don't want to record this yet until I have like this player or I don't want to do that kind of venue until, you know, I have like a bigger band together. And what a lot of people I think don't realize either is that, you know, you want to try to record something first just for the sake of recording. Black Sabbath recorded their first album in the back of a, a meat truck over in the UK. I don't know if many people know that. Oh, I, I thought about just buying an RV for the show yeah. and parking at my like at my uh, mom's house and just making that the studio because like it's like, you know, at least then I have a room. That right, I can work in, you know? and you could take it just about anywhere. Yep. Get away from whatever noise, and there's like a lot of a lot of people get held back from like just even starting and creating. And then there are people who openly joke about it. I think Cardi B made like some kind of offhand joke saying that she invested like 250 grand into the music industry to kind of like buy her way in, and everybody just kind of laughed it off. But it's actually true. You can just like buy your way in that way sometimes it doesn't mean that it's like credible and it doesn't and well also people uh, told me when i lived in Nashville, um in order to make it there you have to stay and mm-hmm. i just did not want to live there <laughs> well and, and they also say to like come to live here and do what i i do here um and the way technology is today um it's just I feel like it's all about material and having uh, original material and having your own thing and a lot of it. And um, yeah, I was going to add something else to no, and like, and I completely agree. And I know that like that's the way that a lot of people see it. I've been told like whenever I was trying to get into filmmaking, like I just got to go out to California, man. You just got to be in California. That's the place to be. And then I had people tell me the same thing about new york and atlanta and like sure for somebody that knows anything on like the film and video side of things it's easier to get work there um there was a time where i was willing to just take my laptop and just live out of my car and just be editing for a little while until i could actually get some regular studio work i had a buddy of mine who said that he was writing for jimmy kimmel that i later found out he got fired for like uh some inappropriate stuff and you know so that didn't work out as far as getting to go out there but i also didn't think that it was worth the time. Like it, you shouldn't have to go to certain places just to be making things, especially when it comes to something like as simple as production itself. Like in the setup that we have here right now, you know, we don't have to be in California to do something like this. No, and and people are are um, are actually using less technology than when I am right now to do this. I mean, this right? is this is what you call a. I think it's like around a thousand to fifteen that or fifteen hundred dollars setup versus a you know a and then it took time to do that. Each one of these mics were bought separately, like over time. They weren't like you know, oh, I'm gonna go buy five mics. You know, it was like, oh, I gotta mm-hmm. buy one mic at fifty dollars, and then I'll buy another mic next week at fifty dollars, or you know, the next two weeks when I get paid again, I'll do this, and you know, and it takes time. And, um, and I mean, and it's the same way with music. That's why, that's why I asked if, you know, if you play multiple, like guitar, you know, electric, whatever, because, you know, gear, gear's not cheap. And, and that's why I always think it's interesting because, um, because I, I went to an event, um, like, uh, over the weekend and, and kind of an example of what these artists go through. Cause I, I literally, you know, do it with one of these artists, um, Hollis band, 
um, Hollis, Johnny Hollis, uh, he uh, he needed a ride to Tulsa because he didn't know he was going to get there because his vehicle's not uh, up to par to be able to do that distance, you know, and um, makes great music. And and he he lives out in Mayville in the middle of nowhere, you know, like out in Oklahoma. And, yeah. and so so he hit me up and I, I picked him up from a church in in uh, Moore, Oklahoma, and we we drove up to Tulsa. And a lot of people in Tulsa is always asking why I don't come to more shows in Tulsa. And I'll get, I'll explain right now why why I don't always make it up there. It cost me thirty dollars in gas to go there. It cost me another thirty to pay for gas when I get back because it cost me you know thirty bucks to get there and then I got to refill the tank. So it took me a tank of gas to get there because my vehicle only gets about 200, 250 miles to the tank. It's a Jeep Patriot, right? Um, I'm right. I'm, I'm bringing him to the show. We get to the show. Uh, the band members are there. Some other people are there. I don't know. I don't know. Like um, you know, like the other bands. Like they, uh, they, there. The venue didn't really. I, I don't think really promoted. We all kind of promoted the best way we could. You know, the, the bands kind of put out their their posts and their right. flyers and all that stuff. And whoever saw it saw it on Facebook, whatever. And over time, no one no one paid for you know paid for sponsorship spots to, for those flyers to be seen. No one did in event things. No one did physical flyers to go out to you know areas. It's, it's everybody has jobs. These bands are like they're all in their you know in our ages, like in in your thirties and forties, they in fifties. They don't they don't have time to sit there and and be online all day like some of these younger artists can do all day if they're just in college or something starting a band, mm-hmm. and so. Like, get there, and at the end of the night, uh, they go to do the payout. $24 a person. 24 bucks. These guys have played Legends with over 300 people in the room. And they're in a venue that maybe had less than 15 to 20, 30 people in the room. You know, And, and, and obviously the numbers kick that, that they were supposed to get a certain percentage of bar sales and door. Mm-hmm. But the problem is a big portion of those members that were there were all part of the other bands. So the other bands are basically going to other band events supporting each other, and that's part of it. But it's like they bring – they're supposed to all bring their crowds. And, and if and if they don't have a big following, then if you're playing with a band that doesn't have a big following but yet you're a headliner, if you're not actively doing it yourself in that area, then you're not going to get paid well. And so like by the end of the event – um, you know, we drove back, we get back to the church and he goes, he goes, wow, man, you know, like how much do I owe you for gas, man? Like, thank you for, you know, taking me. And I said, dude, don't even worry about it. I was like, you guys pay for my door fee. You know, it was only 10 bucks. That's fine. I'm not going to get stressed out over, over 15, 20 bucks to the fact that you did not make any money, mm-hmm. you know, last night. And, but they had a great show. They played really well. I try to do Facebook Live with it, um, learning another factor about the, all this stuff. If you don't have a really powerful phone, your $1,000 phone, your $2,000 phones, and you don't have a great internet connection, you're kind of screwed because mm-hmm. you can't do live feeds with a shitty phone. Like like it, it, like the, the crackles and the, and the background noise and all the stuff all sounds yeah. on those mics. Those specialty phones like your S22, they have, they have the same sound gates as any of those, those hardwares that you get from Zoom or any of this technology that I'm using here. Yeah. They have that. 
those sound gates. Mm-hmm. You don't have that in in a, in a cheaper phone, and most people are carrying cheaper phones. Yeah, so. and just not having your own equipment anytime is always a headache. Anytime I have somebody running sound for me, um, I have to use their equipment. I get so frustrated. I, I would just rather bring my own stuff and EQ myself because I want to shine. And I if if I feel like the mix is is holding me back, and then a live recording of it I, on top of a, a, a poor mix, and there's so many people that believe in us, and so they want us. You know, they want to help. But really, it's kind of like, uh, I really don't want you recording this live and posting it right now. You know, I want, um, that's why it's important to have uh, decent recordings and have stuff that's radio ready. And um, also, like doing things, doing shows that might not pay well or might not have a good turnout. I think that's why it's so important to get out there as much as you can. And I've gotten in arguments with bandmates or whatever because they wanted to they wanted some more money or they didn't want to have to promote or they didn't want to have to help sell tickets or um all sorts of things but i just keep trying i I even did a variety show for a while and i uh wanted to do burlesque and i was hula hooping and and i wasn't completely stripping down but you know it was a strip tease and it was something that i thought would you know be successful and um, I also sang with the band. I also featured other artists, but that took guts and it took um, a, a lot of people that came out to the show. They were um, saying that it was very um, gutsy, I guess, of me to do these things. And I think that's another expense. And I had really had to put myself out there and, and try it out and see if it worked. And it, And if it failed, it failed or whatever. But at least I was doing something and even if it did take going all the way to Tulsa mm-hmm. um, I, I even had I was talking to Leon Russell's son his uh, his son Teddy Jack and I'm so really proud of myself that I know who he is I, I have so much joy that I, I know him and so I went to go see his show in Tulsa and so he was asking me about my music and I was telling him the struggles and he had the same exact struggles that I did and I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is Leon Russell's son. This is Teddy Jack. And he's telling me that he is having trouble having a good turnout and making sure that his band gets paid properly and on time and all those things. And here we think, you know, as, as artists, we see the bigger picture. But then when we do have a crew behind us and that we're worried about and I feel like I have created platforms for people, I've got them paid. And they still might say something behind my back to where I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, but um, I've upset a lot of people and I, I feel like I'm a pretty sweet, hardworking, honest, always been straightforward. And still it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there and, you know, hopefully some people can see the professional side of it. Um, but I just noticed that's just business. And now that I'm working for a new restaurant and seeing how my bosses conduct their business, it's, um, something that it's like, we all have to work together and be a team and support each other and share, like, 
you yep. know, and all those things. And, and that's 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 kind of the whole, you know, thing behind it of like why a lot of these people are moving that direction when it comes to social media. We're trying to figure out ways to game the system and the algorithm. That's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to teach it to the artists so that we can game the system, you know, and actually get some eyes on some people. Uh, with that said, uh, you want to play some songs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got two songs here. Uh, we have. A good girl feeling bad, um, and get your dog, um, cause I ain't your bitch. <laughs> uh, and these are on the album Build with Brick, and this is uh, what is that? Gentry, and then Counts. Yeah, Counts. Yes, yeah, so Gentry Counts. I That's all the counts. It up. I'm gonna say it wrong. <laughs> um, so. Get it right, John. Come on. God, <laughs> you've been here. You met this person 30 minutes ago. Gentry counts. Gentry counts. Gentry counts. If you're if you're in if you're in any city or surrounding the countryside of Oklahoma, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how you would say it. Gentry, gentry. Um, all right, let's play this. I'm just a good girl Feeling bad He has me right In the palm of his hand But though he let go He didn't hurt what he had I'm just a good girl I'm not a wise cracking dame or a bombshell with a classic
All right. Gentry counts. Uh, good girl gone bad and good girl get, feeling bad. Or feeling bad. Sorry. Good girl <laughs> feeling bad and get your dog because I ain't your bitch. Uh, all on the album Build with the Brick. Um, awesome. Awesome songs. Uh, the second one kind of had like a bluesy type sound to it to me. Yeah, that whole five song EP that I did w- wanted them to kind of complement each other. I did uh, all those recordings in Nashville, and I first did those recordings way back in the day, about three songs, and then I decided to finish it off with a couple of more songs and got back with um, Mike Elsner, who plays lead guitar on there. And um, he also helped for, to produce it, and he always gets a good vocal out of me. And so uh, we finished up making it a blues kind of Americana style. Yeah, I, I definitely heard that. So they yeah. all complement each other. And there's some funny, silly songs. I mean, that title, Get You a Dog and Ain't Your Bitch, that's a, a funny title, funny um, hook, I guess. Um, then I have another song on there called Every Man Has Trouble With Their Women. And, um, but there are also sexy songs on there. Um, so, uh, there's one called, uh, down and dirty and there's another one called hard love that was written by James Slater. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, uh, so what I've are your, your plans inside the, or do you, do you want to do the management stuff? Do you guys want to talk about that? Or do you guys want to? I don't know. What was the question? (laughs) Well, because I I know he wanted to talk about management stuff. I did want to harp on the management side of things for a second. Like, there's so much, like, people people are just such divas. And it doesn't even matter, like, what level of publicity you have. There are some people that are just so fucking full of themselves. And I'm not going to say any names. It's just, like, I've worked with so many people, especially, like, part of the reason that I got out of the film industry is because there's so many people that talk like, oh, I just know, I just know the director on like a personal level and stuff, like that kind of mentality where they think that they already know more than everybody else in the room, or that their art, for whatever reason, is better than whatever anybody else can make. But that the moment that you're working on a movie set with them, they just get like so frustrated and annoyed, and then they blame like everybody else for their problems or like why their light isn't working or why they can't get the camera correctly mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's not just limited to film. It's it's like that in a lot of other industries. And I know that you guys know that. Like you you've been in the military. You know how it is. Like just even giving people simple commands we, or just like, we would do it in I mean uh, if you if you think that working for Live Nation is I mean it's fun. It, it is it is a great time. It is awesome. Like you get to work in venues, you get to work around music artists, you get to be around them every day. You get to do like, you know, you get to be around the fans and just see how fun they're having. Like that's my favorite part is just being in the venue watching all the people being happy, right? But what goes in to get there is some dude going, Hey, grab that damn cable and plug it yeah. into that wall over there. And the guy's got, Okay. And then they grab the cable and they plug it in. You know why? Because they have to be. It's a command level. It's a level now understanding when to be that way and not to be that way is a is a is a skill. But it is. It but, is a skill. but to 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 understand that like whenever you're setting up, if you're in the way, get out of the way. Like like that like if, if you're in a venue and like they and you're standing and they and they, they don't have any room to put the gear so they put it all out among where all the people are standing and stuff and you're in a bar and you're in the way, get out of the way. 
Like you're, 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 they they have a job to do, and they have to grab that gear, and they got to get it on stage. They got to get it set up in a certain amount of time because they have to start playing at a certain time, according to rule, like things that they agreed to with the venue. They have to be done within a certain amount of time. So the more time that they take setting up, the less time they get a set. And 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 these bigger venues, especially companies like Live Nation stuff, they don't fuck around. They, I mean, if you if you want to if you want to sit there and just j- j- jack around and stuff on stage, they'll fire you on the spot. They'll say, "Get out!" Like you don't need to be here. And I've watched it. I've I've seen it. I mean, my my side was the event staff side, so like I didn't have to deal with that side. Or I was doing security for a little while. You know, I'd, I'd go in the back and do security for for a music artist and just just make sure that the fans stay where they need to be. Because like they'll they'll try to get behind the tour vans and the back part of the venues. They'll try to get through the back doors. They'll try to do anything to get in to where these artists are. So I mean every every job has a process, and and in in music like every position that you see in a venue, they all have their role to play. And the artist role is the most important, but the most important role other than that is getting them up there and making it sure that they have everything that they need so they can perform. And that's the key, is, is to be able to get artists to actually be able to perform. And they don't, uh, like a lot of people don't really understand that. And so they'll be like, well, that manager's a real asshole. I don't like working for that guy. There's people that talk about recording studios like that. They'll say, well, you know, that guy was a real prick. But, but, man, did he really pull it out of me. And actually get me to where I needed to be as uh, for that uh, album to come out, and I never thought it would sound that good, and it sounded amazing. Like that, that is is when you start hearing that. That's what I'm saying. It's an art form up there, and there's those people that are just utter complete dicks. There's a lot of artists out there that are that are like complete dicks. That's why they that's why they get that um, that marker of like uh, singer being being uh, you know narcissistic self-absorbed people they don't ever like they always get that stereotype that they never grab gear they never carry anything for their bandmates they never do anything for their bandmates like like you know they get that that they get that persona because of the fact that there's a lot of them out there that don't do any of that stuff they say oh i'm here to sing i'm not here to work like i'm here to do this this is my job that's my only thing so they'll look at the drummer and be like if your drum tech do your stuff or have this you know what i mean and they'll just show up or they'll even just show up to the video right before the gig starts because they think that that's their only little thing you know mm-hmm. and so i mean there is a lot of work that goes into it especially in the local world because it is all do it yourself and and so, I mean, uh, you see that stuff a lot. And so, I mean, if you have a friend in the band and stuff, help them out. Like, you know, it'd be like, hey, can I grab something for you? Like, you know, help them out, like, to set up and stuff if, if, if they're open to it. Because, like, it's it's one of those things that some of them are not open to it because some of that gear yeah, is really like expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah some artists like don't it. like help <laughs> because, for one, they, they're afraid that a stranger will walk up with their stuff. Obviously, they trust their friend. But, but... It, mainly it's because some of their gear is um is like tube tube amps and like equipment like that and if you and if you even jiggle it the wrong way you could mess up mm-hmm. the entire and setup and if you've done so. something a million times it's like you kind of just type your system and you just you know, like I always tell people, I'll get it broke down and then you can help me carry it yep. out <laughs> and that and that's kind of what I do I, I like I'm like I'm like all 
I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I was like, I ain't touching nothing. I don't know how any of this stuff works anyway when it comes to this side. You know, I'll, I'll probably learn some of that this semester. But, uh, but I mean, but yeah, like I'm, I'm very like, like, do you need help? Because if you tell me no, I'm just going to go over here and chill <laughs> until the show starts. I'll work on my stuff. Cause yeah, yeah go back I'm to my beer. Or I'll tell somebody, can you just tell them to turn the the overhead music off because I'm getting ready to start? It's like kind of give them something I really don't like doing. Yeah. <laughs> or can you go get my check? Right. <laughs> well, and, and you know, and, and, and like what okay. you're talking about, like uh, during the break where you were talking about people not, you know, not getting paid or like artists not getting paid right and, and, and you know, before that, like there's – um. I've I've heard a story recently, and it was like it was like yeah, Bill has your money, and the person goes, okay, well I don't know who Bill is, and they were like, well he's our he's our accounting guy, he's like works in the back or whatever, right? So he's like, but yeah, he has your money, like you know, and that's what the venue told them, and they were like, oh okay, and then come to find out, Bill wasn't even a dude. <laughs> they straight up lied to them. They never got paid. And they were like, what the hell, you know? And then I looked, you know, I, I, when I was talking to them, I said, I said, did you, did you create a contract? Uh-huh. And they said, no, it was a, a deal that we made with the guy to come play and stuff. And it's like, and now you didn't get paid. And now you're probably not going to get paid because he could, he could act like that you never played there. Mm-hmm. You know, in court, like, like he could say that you didn't yeah, play up to par. You know, he can make up every excuse under the sun not to pay you now. See, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what pisses me off, especially like not even just the local music scene. I've done like hand to hand business for a while, and just always doing handshake deals, and it never goes the way that people expect it to go. And I really encourage people to just get something in writing, just yeah, try to so, be on the same page. Yeah, to be on the same page mainly, yeah. um, not not mainly for the whole uh, being in court or having to, to legally do anything, but just make sure everybody's on the same page. That's why they put those. Can you put a uh, hundred green M and M's on the coffee table and people go, "Oh, they're so pretentious." No, that just makes sure that they know that they read the contract. And yes. Right. Yes. So yes. they know that you're on the same page, so they don't have to go. Did you read the contract? And, and people, and people mm-hmm. act Did like that that's it? fake. Um, I I've literally been sent out to go buy him like things like M and M's and candy bars and certain types of sandwiches and stuff like uh and and worked with runners to go out to a store or whatever or even to go to a liquor store and pick up certain types of alcohol for the back. So I mean, artists have their preferences and they have it in their contract. And what ends up happening when you get to that level is you have an artist manager that shows up to the venue and they talk to the management and mm-hmm. then the management talks to their staff and that's how they they control the level of like setting up the venue and getting it to where the artist wants it and how they want it set up so when they show up they can just go up there and not have to worry about performing and and so like if you have a good sound team you have a good sound guy uh, whatever but in the local side you know because of it being all yourself and and being like you know just individuals it, it is kind of hard because uh, like like we were talking about social and how like doing all that stuff online yourself and everything that uh, some I, I've, I've seen recently there is some artists or there are some people out here that are artist managers. They, they've been doing marketing for a very long time. They've been doing um, social media a very long time. 
They know what works in the algorithms. They know what to, to, to work with. They know how to work with venues. They do booking. They do promotion. They do production. They do all these other things. And they'll come to our, they'll come on a, on a group and they'll in a chat or something and say, hey, um, I'm looking for to add some more artists to my to my roster. I, I manage this many artists, blah blah blah. And then you get these artists that will pipe in and be like, "Who needs an artist manager? I can do it all myself." If you want to keep on playing the stuff you're doing and the things you're doing at your level, go ahead. Mm-hmm. If you want to, like. Make and I say get in contract and writing obviously with an artist manager. But if you want to make a good deal and just say, you know, hey, you'll give 10% or 15% to this person, but hold them their feet to the fire to actually make sure that they're doing their their side of it. Because I do say that too, like make sure that your artist managers are actually doing artist management stuff, but like let them, you know, like like let them do the, the, the back work, let them do the backside because they know it. And let you do what you do best, do the music, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and I understand it's a cost thing. It's a money thing in the beginning. And so a lot of artists just have to do what they got to do. So. Yeah, and I think that, it won't you know, likes. that uh, people that do want to help manage, um, they really do believe in the art. And I think that when I see myself hoping man i would pay i'll give you i'll give you 20 percent if you can book me and but i i realized how many times i have helped so many other artists get bookings mainly because i was like i need a fill-in or i know about this or even getting another band member i would get upset when a band member wouldn't show up and say oh just don't pay me it's like no but somebody else could have made that money and so it's it's all about us, you know, I think, uh, like, remembering it's art and we got to be artists together instead of trying to uh, not share or something. And um, so I could be like, hey, I'll book you here, but you need to send me 10% or 20%. And even when I have some people, I, you know, say, hey, I booked you here. I need $25. I'm just like, really? Are you kidding me? And I'll still pay the $25. But I'm just sitting there thinking like, that's just, you know, that just shows that they're not about the art that they are Mm -hmm. really about um, image and um, making money instead of really like being an artist. And I, I even kind of think it's weird when I call myself an artist because I'm managing myself, I'm booking myself, I'm running sound, I'm wearing all the hats, I'm doing the social media, I'm doing everything. That I'm, It's more than just me being an artist. And so it's like I'm a businesswoman. So mm-hmm. it's like, and, that, and, that's, and that's how I think a lot of you know, your, your Nikki Jackson uh, treats it that way. But she also has a music business degree now, like for associates. And I she has got it. a lot of original material. Yep. You know, yep. she's still true to her art. And that's where I feel like I, I need to balance out a little bit more and, and get back to being an artist. And I think me getting ready to have a baby and being able to teach my son how to play Uh, music or be involved in the music industry somehow is going to be really good for me too to be Mm -hmm. able to learn as I'm teaching and uh, I just want to be I want to be better I want to I want to be good you know (laughs) that's all I care about well with that said um I think we're going to close out this episode I think my cats are freaking out inside the bedroom I hope they didn't destroy the door so 
you know, because that's what they do. They destroy doors and carpets and everything else in the house if, the, if you don't give them what they want. So, um, so the local earshot podcast we run on the value for value system that is time, talent, and treasure. Uh, we value everybody's time for listening. We know that there's a lot of podcasts out there, and you could be listening to. And um, I'm glad that you chose to listen to the local earshot. Uh, the second T is is talent. So um, if you are an artist and you want to be on the podcast, then reach out to me at john at com or on any of our social medias, uh, the Facebook groups um, and uh, just the Facebook Messenger or Instagram Messenger. Um, and normally I'm pretty good about uh, messaging. I know I'll, I'll probably be getting busy pretty soon because I'm about to start um, going to school at ACM. So, uh, But, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities that are opening up with that, um, that possibly they said that I could even rent studios there to do the show if I wanted to because I can do – I can rent time and, and students get free time in those places to use it for their own arts. So, um, yeah, the third T is treasure. So if you want to donate to the podcast, you can go over to the localyearshot.com. There's a tab that says donate. Uh, take crypto, cash app, uh, Ventmo, all of the um, all of those little little things that are turn into things that can produce money. Um, all money that goes in the show actually goes to produce the show. So buying cameras or increasing production and hopefully being able to either – uh, get a studio location or work with the studio to start um, uh, recording st- um, episodes inside a studio again. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you, Will Wilson, for setting in. Yeah, absolutely, man. Happy and to be here. thank you, Gentry. Thank you. Thank right. you. No, it's it's Gentry. 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 It's Gentry. It's Gentry. <laughs> Gentry. 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 How do you say it? Gentry. Gentry. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you.